Welcome, 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 fair listener, back to the Lake Hooplands podcast hosted by Brendan and Scott. I am Scott. I'm Brendan over here. And centering our 2-3 defense, that is Coach Joe Duffield. Thank you guys for having me once again. Happy to be here. Welcome back. Uh, a great week. Um, but let's let's start with our presenting sponsor, of course, Tritex Cabinets. That's www.tritexcabinets.com. And I want to talk about the fabrication, the actual making of the cabinets. Because Tritex constructs all of their cabinets in-house with the finest and highest quality solid hardwoods using most state-of-the-art equipment. I mean, they offer a, just all these custom doors. I was looking at these things today. They're called uh, corbels, I think. They're like ornate things that come off the cat. I mean, these guys do everything. They've got custom door styles. They've got custom finishes, which we've talked about before. They've got all these decorative accents to really make your cabinets one of a kind. Yeah, I ran into Trey Chapman on Friday afternoon, and we, we discussed some cabinets. I think he's going to have to install a medicine cabinet. He was quite under the weather. <laughs> Trey, we hope you get, get well soon. Um, the delivery and installation process from Tritex is um, second to none. Uh, full service. Um, they're going to give you uh, first-rate service that you would ex- expect from a family-owned and operated uh, business like Tritex is. Uh, you can... Call Trey by name. Uh, he only call not him only, by his name. Call him by his name, not That's your good. own name. That's good. Uh, and then uh, it's just it's almost like a family feel, and they're certainly in your project with you uh, throughout. Uh, take it from me; it's been a great experience. Yeah, have you had them out uh, since your thing? I have not. I have oh, not, not had yet. them. I have not had. Them You're just out. working with no cabinets. Well, no, they're they're functional, but I am very busy on my uh, basketball appetite. That's true. <laughs> we are no consuming. Cabinets. We're consuming quite a bit of basketball. Thank you very much to Tritex Cabinets for sponsoring our Lake Hooplands podcast. I'm going to start with this before we get into the really big game on on Tuesday night. There was a doubleheader Friday night. The girls played Richardson. The boys played Burtner. And I'm not saying that it was because Coach MJ was on our podcast, but uh, they had a huge win over Richardson in that early game. That was an unexpected one from from what the pundits were saying going at, into it. And after we called Richardson out for being sissies and forfeiting uh, during the DISD tournament, and Coach MJ, MJ showed him showed him what's up. She she got the good luck mojo from the basement of chaos. So huge win uh, for their playoff berth dreams uh, for the girls. The boys a nice calm win over Burtner, but uh, oh oh oh, and I do <laughs> I do want to get into this before we get into HP. Um, we played Nimitz the game before one game before or two games before that was the Tuesday before. Yeah, it was the two, week before. Um, we need to discuss Moo uh, real quick in the Nimitz game. That's the craziest two minutes of basketball I've ever seen in my life. We're, we're trying to get him the ball, right? Like yep. Moo's our our crowd fan favorite. He gets the ball at midcourt, almost blows out his own knee, loses the ball, and then he catches it in the middle, and he's going to get a layup, and he travels, and the the crowd is just booing the ref like yeah. nobody's business. The DJ plays the dun 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 dun. Yeah, <laughs> and the ref just great. starts laughing. That was great. And then in the last second, Moo goes up for a dunk and lands on his 
face and stomach, but he's okay, right? He's he's just fine. Isaiah Tate, senior, uh, nicknamed Mowo. Yes, he uh, was full of energy at the end of that game. Was all over the place, um, you know. And we definitely tried to get him the ball. I do believe he made a free throw. He did. He um, did. Then tried to kind of pass it to himself on the backboard on the second one, and <laughs> yeah. I think it went a little in, early. But he Can't went do that. It did go in, but uh, no, he's he's such a great kid and brings such energy, and I think that's why the fans uh, were so ready for him to get out there and our players. And I think maybe we just hyped him up a little bit too much. So maybe next time let's uh, let's quietly work Isaiah into the game and let him do what he does. But um, he's just such a great kid and such, always has such a positive attitude, and we're, we're happy he's a part of our team. So amazing, so fun to see uh, him get in there and the crowd get into it. So, twenty-one and three overall, ten and zero in district, with the average margin of victory thirty-three points per game. That's pretty darn good. It was a lot closer than thirty-three points per game uh, on Tuesday. The three losses this season all coming to top twelve teams in the country, and you've played number three, number four, number six, number eight, and number twelve. Uh, according to ESPN's rankings this week. And I think that really prepared you guys for what you saw on Tuesday, having to play another really good team for the third time this season. How do you feel that that kind of helped you guys out? Oh, there's no question. Our uh, pre-non-district schedule really helped us help prepare us for a game like the one on Tuesday night. Um, As you mentioned, we've played a lot of top 10 teams in the country uh, some of our preseason scrimmages, the game with Duncanville, Thanksgiving Hoop Fest, and then City of Palms. I mean, our kids have been battle-tested against really, really good teams and, and been in, you know, tough games, tough tough environments. And I think that that really showed in the overtimes. I think there were some times in the game where it would have been easy for the team to kind of go, oh, man, it, you know, this is not our night. But our kids just continued to battle and chip away and take things one possession at a time. And um, and we're able to overcome that adversity together, and that's just a, a really good sign of a of a high character, um, you know, well composed team. So um, we are uh, six days removed, effectively, from that game. And coach, I got to tell you, people are still talking about that game because the environment was second to none. That place was packed. It was loud. People were on their A game all over. The players certainly were. Um, Highland Park brought an amazing competitive team to the building, and obviously we're in it till the very end. What? Where does that rank in terms of uh, regular season games uh, that you've had uh, over the years? Yeah, it's definitely way up there at the top for me. Um, First and foremost, have to thank the Lake Hans community. Uh, you know, when the game sold out on whatever it was, Saturday morning. 40 think, minutes. Yeah, 30, 40 minutes. I wasn't quite sure who was buying all the tickets. You know, was it Lake <laughs> Highlands people? Was it Highland Park people? Did their students get on there? But I think as the gym started to fill up, you could see, I, I think the crowd was almost 60%, 70% Lake Highlands people, kind of on both sides of the gym. And, man, it's just what high school basketball is all about. You know, you, you want to be – uh, in gyms like that where it's sold out and it's packed and there's students and there's fans and there's people in the community that, that care about our team and our players and, and want to support us. And and then just to have such a good game, you know, we have the utmost respect for Highland Park and, and Coach Peeler, who 
Uh, Coach Peeler is actually on 599 career wins. Oh, dang. Um, <laughs> so I told him before the game, I said, hey, man, I love you. That's such a big honor, but you really need to do that at Highland Park. Um, it should be, would be way more fitting. Uh, so we were we – were, uh, we, we do have a ton of respect for him, and we're happy he's going to get that um, honor on his own court. Hey, did he uh, – I was thinking about this the other day. Did he coach – did he start coaching right after Coach Bass, or was Rock Pillsbury in between there? How did that work? Do you remember? I'm not sure um, who was in there in Highland Park. I know Coach Peeler uh, did a lot of coaching in Plano. Uh, he came up at, at Clark High School that feeds into Plano East, or used to. Um, and then he was the head coach at Plano West – uh, before coming to Highland Park, but I'm not sure if he. I think what maybe he did take over from Bass, but I'm not 100 percent sure. That's a lot of wins, 600 wins. Wow. Yeah. Great coach, great team. He 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 really impressed with the way that they understand the game of basketball. And I'm gonna go ahead and jump into one of the finest examples I saw of that: the delay of game play at the end of of toward the end of the game was one of the smartest basketball plays I've seen anybody make. In they a did while. that in the first game too. Oh, they did. Yeah, yeah. And they actually so I didn't realize had, that. Had a delay game prior and it turned into a technical foul where we shot some free throws, but um yeah, it's really smart. That's something we actually go over and, and talk about too with our team. Uh I'm not going to get too in depth. We do it a little bit differently. Um but yeah, you got to do something to stop the clock. You know, in, in college basketball, NBA basketball, after a made basket, the clock stops. Um, but in high school basketball, if you don't have a timeout, you know that clock can continue to run. So you do need to kind of have a plan for that. Uh, and and they did. And they're they're just such a well coached team. Uh, you know, I know there's a lot of talk. Will we will we see them again? Will there be a fourth game? And um, you know, if if fingers crossed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. We don't want to play anybody four times, but uh, but I could see that happening again down the road in the playoffs. The uh, outcome of the game, uh, for those who uh, have been living, living under, under a rock, rock. <laughs> yes, that's right, jinx on that one, 80-76, uh, to 76, uh, double overtime, uh, the free throw line was such a player in the game. It's, it's always interesting that it comes down to that typically in a game like this, but Trey Johnson, Quentin Perkins at the free throw line is like insurance. Really, they were that apropos, good. Apropos, because we talked about free throws, the podcast right before the game. I mean, we we literally talked about it, and it came down to that. It was great. Kids, shoot your free throws. Practice your free throws. We, we keep saying that. No, it, it was a big factor, and I, and I also have to say uh, thank you to our fans. I mean, I think there were several times where Highland Park went to the line, and the place was rocking. I mean, our, our crowd was really, really loud, and, uh, you know, I, I'd like to think that contributed to them missing some. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, that that was uh, really really proud of how our guys finished the game and, and knocked those down late. Uh, I know there's some like interviews and stuff after the game, and and they were asking our kids about it, and they talked about how you know we do that every day in practice, and if you know if we make our make our free throws, we don't have to run, and we miss them, we run, and and they they said that's that's why it was easy down the stretch. So that that uh, definitely makes us feel good as a coaching staff. As Trey had the interview after the game, and. And he was like, Quentin's normally the guy that misses him in practice because he makes us run. But uh, <laughs> he said, and Quentin's like, I'm a gamer, man. And he is a gamer. He most definitely Absolutely. is on both ends of the court. He made some amazing defensive plays as well. The team just played so amazingly well together. And and I'm talking about even from the smaller number of minute contributors. Um, I felt like, uh, I know, 
Lewis got in a little bit of foul trouble early on when he went in the game. He got three quick ones. Uh, But still, the way that he was playing and responding each and every time, he was definitely leaving it all out there on the floor. And I just kind of felt like that set the tone for the entire game. Yeah, I think our kids have been playing really good basketball of late. Uh, Actually, going back a week, I think the Irving game, which was Friday night before Highland Park, we were telling our kids, that was the first game we've had all uh, 12 players healthy uh, all year, all year. Um, So, you know, at the start of the year, uh, Khalil Thomas was out, and then uh, Warren Hamilton and Jalen Washington were out a little bit. Quentin Perkins was playing banged up for a good part of the season. Um, but, yeah, just last Friday was the first time we we had everybody. Um, Isla Geel is another one that, that's been um, going through some injury stuff, and he's finally back healthy. So um, that was really good. And then we've had a couple games where we've had 20-plus assists um, in the last few weeks, and just kids are really moving and sharing the basketball. And uh, it's just fun to see. That's the way we want to play. So let's 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 go to one of the more uh, interesting developments during Tuesday night's game. I have never seen so many mops on the floor <laughs> in my entire life. I think that's partly just Highland Park likes to take charges. They like to be on the floor. They get they get down there. Uh, you know when the gym is sold out and packed. Uh, I, I believe it was seventy six that day, mm-hmm. so it's warmer. And then in the winter, the district doesn't really go back and turn the AC on. So. Uh, you know, when the gym gets hot the, the, and it's packed and the kids are playing hard, you know, it, it does get hot in there. and Condensation. It's it a little slippery, yep. It was, it was something that I was not – you know, I, you get a few of these throughout any game, but this was like a constant deal. Did you feel like that disrupted uh, the flow of the game for you guys, especially a team like yours, which we like to get out, it get fast-paced, get up and down the court, and it's just there's, there's, there's guys down there with uh, towels all the time. You know, not really. I, let me give a special shout-out to our managers. A uh, young man named Xavier Hernandez is just an awesome kid. He's, he's also an athletic trainer uh, and helps them out. But he was, he was one of the guys hustling around with the mop um, and a couple of our other managers as well. But actually, when we practice, that's like a normal thing. We have those mops on each end, and, and we get after it, and kids are on the floor, and kids are flying around. And um, so I don't think it really disrupted us at all. I mean, we – a lot of times we're in practice, hey, stop, hey, let's mop that spot up. It's wet because we don't want anybody getting hurt. Um, I'm glad you got Xavier out there because I saw you doing it a few games early this season. <laughs> you, were, you were out there with the mop. <laughs> you know, we've got a couple managers that were really trying to uh, give them some more responsibility. And, and, and there's been some uh, viral clips lately of, of managers uh, doing a great job mopping the floor at some other games. Yeah. So oh. we're telling our guys, hey, this could be you. You know, you need to hustle out there and – uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, those guys, we, we really appreciate our student managers. They, they do so much for our program and um, are really good kids. That was the Sierra Canyon game yes. with, with yeah, Bronze exactly. Kid. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> that's funny. Um, so, great win. Uh, here, I just have kind of a quick coaching question. How many plays, because I'll, I'll drop basically one play in a game because I can get my 10-year-olds to maybe do two <laughs> parts of one play. Yeah. How many plays do you have handy uh, versus how many you're drawing up kind of on the fly? Yeah, uh, we we have I have like a play card that has all our stuff on it. I couldn't give you an exact number. You know, we have a certain amount for man and zone, probably somewhere in the neighborhood of 15, you know, to 20 man sets, probably 10 to 15 zone and then our out of bounds stuff. I don't really like to draw stuff up on the fly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there will be little adjustments or tweaks to things or things to look at within what we do. But, 
you know, uh, and we may draw something up, and it's but it's always got to be something the kids have seen or done before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes late games you'll you'll draw something on the board that you haven't, but but normally we like to keep things you know, that the kids are familiar with. Okay, we've run this before. We've done it in practice. I know what to do. Um, so that, that's usually how we do things. Excellent. All right. How about this one? So we, Scott and I have grown an affinity to sitting behind the players uh, and behind yourself. We just like to see Coach you Johnson. That's really our goal. <laughs> <laughs> I really see do. See how red your face can get. It's, yeah, not so much about the, it's, it's not so much about the yelling, but yelling does play a part here in this next observation. That's right. And that is... This is required yelling is what I'm saying. It feels like spring break going bananas <laughs> in the gym with that DJ like right by MTV spring break. It is going off. And I got to say, I like it. And I watch your players. They dance a little bit too. I think everybody generally likes it. But that's not the most important part. Do you like it? How do you feel <laughs> about this DJ operation? Well, yeah, first off, uh, DJ Mac, if anybody else would like to, uh, you know, you're having a, a dance or a party or a wedding or something, he's, he's a great DJ. He's a Lake Highlands grad. Um, Maybe he'll play uh, Zach's baby's birth. Oh, yeah, we could get him there for, yeah, Coach Howe. Yeah, Just in the Howe, hospital. Yeah, a little pump-up music. Um, <laughs> no, we, we love it. I think it gives us a great atmosphere. I do think there are times at timeouts where I'm like, can anybody hear what we're talking about here? Because uh, it is loud right by our bench. But, um, you know, we want when people come to a game at Lake Collins, we want them to have a great experience, and our, our kids as well. So um, I do think it adds to that. And, uh, yeah, sometimes it's hard to hear, but but we like that trade-off. Is, is Lake Highlands the only school that's doing that now, or have you played? in other gyms where they're doing that as well yeah when i first came back actually berkner used to do it quite a bit and um but there aren't that many uh you know some people have a guy that, that plays the music but yeah it, it uh it is a little bit unique and and, and and we like it all right with wins over nimitz and irving and highland park and berkner we now of course come to the marable homes player of the week's uh, Marable Holmes, of course, a, a great. See, I haven't even said fantastic once this entire podcast. No, I think I, you just did. No, well, yeah. I mean, yeah, but explaining me not saying it is not like me saying it. Marable Holmes, of course, a fantastic home builder <laughs> in Lake Highlands, uh, Preston Hollow, Highland Park. Uh, get get uh, on the Instagram, follow them at Marable Homes. Go see Blake and Amy Marable over there and get yourself a new home. But. Our player was like that. <laughs> Just like that. Our Marable Holmes player of the week is. Yeah, this is going to be a repeat, but we're, we're going to have to go with Trey Johnson. Okay. Uh, this, all right. Is this it, because his dad is standing right here? <laughs> uh, we are happy to have him on. Uh, but no, Trey, I mean, if, you see, if you've seen any of the Highland Park games and you see how much uh, – attention they've put on trying to stop him slow him down not let him touch the ball foul him every time he gets it in the open court uh to have 30 and and 10 rebounds and um you know big plays down the stretch and and really over the last two weeks he's had several games where he's had seven eight nine ten rebounds and six seven assists i mean he's just filling up the stat sheet and 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 being a great leader for us um so yeah we got to give him the player of the week again congratulations to our only two-time winner Trey Johnson as the Marable Holmes Player of the Week. We are going to let Coach Joe go, and we are going to have a very special guest. Thank you very much, Coach Joe. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. 
As mentioned previously, standing in the basement of chaos, waiting for his turn on the mic, looming uh, large, is, of course, assistant coach, head freshman coach, yep, Richard Johnson Jr., or the second. Can we call you Junior or Deuce or? Uh, junior is good. Junior is good. Okay. Richard Johnson Jr., uh, of course, sitting here. Thank you very much for coming to be on the show, Coach. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. I think we've got, I think we've got a number of, of questions that we're going to just ring you with because I do know from many parents uh, in the community, they want to know a little bit more about this man that, that is the special sauce behind Coach Duffield uh, and his rising success in the coaching ranks, and that would be you, sir. What they want to know is how he gets his kids to listen to him because I still can't get mine to do that. Wow, it's, it's <laughs> tough. It's tough. A lot of tough love. <laughs> a lot of tough love. So um, a little bit about uh, Coach Johnson, uh, all-state player, Garland High School. This is your backyard, really. Um have you been in uh, the Dallas area most of your life, it seems like? Yes, sir. Um, I was born in Colorado Springs. I was only there probably two weeks. My dad was stationed in the Army there, so that's when my mom gave birth to me. But as soon as we could, we got back to Texas. Oh, we're going to get to your dad soon enough. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, we, we, We've got some intel on that. Um, and then – Oh, wait. Did you play with or against the Hillcrest head coach? Um, he went to Lakeview, so he was a class of 92, 93, I think, at Lakeview. So we played against each other. Because that's when I first noticed you, was when you were talking trash to him across bench. It was awesome in the Hillcrest game. I really wanted to see if I could help instigate that further. It was a thing of beauty. It was amazing. Um, so uh, going to Garland High School, were you guys a playoff team? Yes, uh, we went to the playoffs my freshman year. Um we lost the first round to Lakeview when they had Bobby Taylor. They went on to win state that year. Then my sophomore year, we went to we lost in the third round to go to regionals to go to Waco. We lost to a good Plano uh, Plano team. This area ripe with the basketball programs, uh, certainly historically. Um, so walk us a little bit about how you chose to go uh, to Baylor, uh, coming out of Garland High School. Um, um, I've, I was narrowed, I narrowed my recruiting down to uh, TCU. Uh, Coach Tubbs was there and uh, Baylor. And it was just uh, Baylor was going to the uh, Big 12 my sophomore year, and TCU was going to the WAC. Mm. So it was, uh, I mean, it was a no-brainer. I wanted to go play in the Big 12, you know, play against some of those good teams. Is that Dave Bliss? No. No, it was uh, Harry Miller. He was uh, the high school coach at, uh, at Temple High School. I think, what, 93, 94, and he brought Brian Skinner and a couple of other players from uh, from uh, Temple High School to Baylor with him. So he got the assistant job, and then Coach Johnson got in some trouble, so Coach Miller uh, got the head coaching job my senior year in high school. So you guys must have developed quite a rapport then uh, for him to beat out Billy Tubbs in a recruiting battle. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was mainly because of the, the conference, the right. Big 12 and WAC conference. That that's definitely going to be a uh, decision making. Uh, that I don't think those are coming into the recruitment of your son. I don't think we're we're weighing the whack versus the Big Twelve necessarily. No, no. A little bit different. It's not a thing. Uh, head coach at uh, head girls coach at Conrad. 
uh, then to Lake Highlands High School. And like I said, currently the freshman coach. I've seen more freshman basketball this year, so my daughter is a cheerleader. Uh, and I've seen you become sainted in my eyes during one of the games. I, I can't understand how you didn't get thrown out. The officiating was so I don't think those guys knew the rules of basketball. Uh, I saw them give a technical foul with three free throws on a one and one. I didn't understand any of that at all. Uh, it was insane. But uh, how did you how long have you known Coach uh, Duffield? And then how did kind of that move to, to Lake Highlands happen? Um, back when I, I played a um, little um, overseas basketball, I was playing in Mexico and um, when the 9-11 went on. So um, I in, uh, came home because the economy was bad, um, hard to find a job. So I began substitute teaching in like 2002. And so I was at Brian Adams uh, as a permanent sub. And then the next year, Coach Duffield and uh, some other coaches that he knew but uh, they took over the boys' program, and I was volunteer helping on the girls' side. And so me and Coach Duff, we met, uh, I think it was 2004, and then I ended up leaving in 2005 and uh, went to Wichita Falls, taught at Ryder High School. And then when I came back, you know, but me and Coach Duffield, we always stayed in contact. We used to go play uh, men's league basketball together when, I, when, we, when we were both at Brian Adams. And uh, when I was at Conrad, he would reach out to me, and, you know, when he had an opening, he would ask, did I want to come over? But uh, the first time he reached out to me, I didn't come because I had a good girls team at uh, Conrad. And we won district one year, and we lost. Uh, we uh, went to the second round of playoffs. Then the next year, we got uh, runner-up, district runner-up, and lost in the second round of the playoffs. And then um, the year after that, all of my girls left, went to school, graduated. And then Coach Duff called me again when the position was available and so I took the job. Trey was in the eighth grade at the time. And, you know, I'd always wanted to coach Trey. We had, that was our plan from day one. So I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to go to Lake Highlands for a year, work with Coach Duffield, and see how everything works out. And then Trey comes over his freshman year. And the rest is history. That, 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 that plan seems to be working out all right. That plan you, checks out so far. You coached with Coach Duffield at Brian Adams, coached Dominic Kirk, correct? Well, I was actually helping with the girls. They were on the boys' side, but I was still, you know, work out with the guys. I, I was Shep. I was young at the yes. Shep, I hear. <laughs> yeah, they called me Shep. That's a long story right there. But I was young, you know, so we used to play open gym with the guys a lot back then and um, just had a great relationship with Coach Duff and their staff. And also I had a great relationship with Coach Kirk that's on our staff right now. Yeah, um, he is really impressed in his first year on the bench with you guys. It's like he fits right in. He's with coming you on the guys. next podcast. I'm, is I'm that gonna, true? I'm going to pre, pre-say it, and it's going to happen. Pre-say. Well, so also another big Big Twelve player uh, at A and M. Yep, Mr. Kirk is. Uh, so I remember you. So I'm a year younger than you. I went to the University of Texas down the street. While you were, uh, why does Coach Johnson look so much better than you? Then, <laughs> well, I think he's he's probably lived a, a, a healthier lifestyle. <laughs> uh, would no be my guess. Um, and I would just like to point out that Brian Skinner, and you can speak to this, is one of the most unheralded Big Twelve basketball players that I ever had the privilege of watching. He was dominant, was he not? Yes, he was. I mean, I seen him every day in practice and. Uh, he would bruise the other centers that would guard him in practice. And I, I felt sorry for those guys because <laughs> Brian would beat them up every day. And I was like, man, 
That's got to be tough. He owned the Longhorns when I, I was like, who is this Brian Skinner guy? And he was he played in the league for a little bit too, didn't he? Yes, I think he played like 12, 13 yeah, years time. in the NBA, yeah. yes. And it just makes me feel old when I'm like, I know he played in there, but I just don't <laughs> want to say, say how long of a career he actually had because it's been <laughs> quite a while. Um, so let's, let's head to the aforementioned – uh, Army story. Richard Johnson, the first. Yeah. The first. Yes. It all started somewhere. That's it right. Was, it was Mr. Johnson, number one. Uh, word is that he boxed Iron Mike Tyson while uh, stationed in the Army. Um, yes, he boxed Mike Tyson um, in Colorado Springs for the 84 Olympic trials. So, you know, it just went three rounds. Um, but he <laughs> That's felt, more than I would go. <laughs> yes, he, he, uh, they went all three rounds. Uh, but he felt he, he did a good job on him. He think Mike had a, um, a lucky knockdown on him. He kind of pushed him down one time. So, you <laughs> know, I mean, down. you know, listening to the story from my dad, he, he, he felt like he did a good job against Mike. So did you see it? Um, I was alive? a little. I, it was '84, so I was probably what seven years old. So I don't quite remember it, but all my family talks about it. <laughs> yes, so that would great. be something that w- that will live on forever. What a cool story that is. Yes, he comes to all the games, so we're gonna have to ask him about that story. <laughs> we can, we can, we can get some spotters on that. We'll find him. I don't know anyone personally that's boxed Mike Tyson and lived <laughs> to tell about it. <laughs> lived to tell about it. That's about right. Okay, let's talk real quick. About Richard Johnson III. Or we can talk for a while about it. (laughs) Who, of course, is more uh, affectionately known in this community as Trey Johnson. Um, He's obviously being recruited. He's obviously the number one junior in the country, uh, according to ESPN's rankings. Is the recruiting a pain in the rear end? I can only imagine Mrs. Johnson has made a nice lasagna. You've (laughs) sat down at the table, and here comes Scott Drew and... Calipari and they're all calling at dinner time. Is it is it a pain? Is it fun? Do you get to talk to these guys a lot? Uh, the recruiting process it, it, it has been fun. We have enjoyed it. I think Trey's really enjoying it. Also, um, no coaches have came to the house and visit. We've been on two visits to uh, Baylor and Texas. Actually, we're going to Kentucky this Thursday to check it out. They're playing Kansas, so both of those teams are recruiting. So we'll have a chance to watch both of those guys. Oh, nice. Yes, but uh, the recruiting has been fun. You know, it's just, you know, just talking to these college coaches that you see on TV and now they're calling you, asking about your kid. It's real exciting. Um, Most of them are not – they're not calling me as much now because now they can call the kid. So Trey is – I mean, they're blowing his phone up more than they are mine. So that's a good thing. I'm I'm, uh, probably glad you're not on a per-minute cell phone thing anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that could could be a problem. Also, I think the way just people communicate now with texting and Mm -hmm. those type of things makes it a lot more easier to touch base than, oh, I hope I catch – you know the Johnson family at home, which is probably not very easy to do. Based Are on letters a thing anymore? Do they yeah, send do you get letters? letters? They still send letters, but it's mainly like the, it's not from the coaches. It's like from the, you know, the the, the, the student center or somebody at, at the college. You know, it's not really from the coaches. So, um, and it's like coaches. I mean, some letters we get are from uh, colleges or coaches that we haven't even heard from. You know, so. It's, it's, it's crazy how the name gets out there and everybody starts sending letters. Yes. Um, number two in the class, Ian Jackson, just committed to North Carolina. Yes. Un- Uncle Hubert. Um, any uh, sense of a timeline? 
Um, I'm thinking maybe this summer, we um, after the season, we'll try to take a few more visits. I think we get five visits our junior year and five our senior year. But I think we want to try to make a decision by this summer so we can just go play next year, our senior year, and just you know not have to worry about it and put that behind us. Yeah, that does seem like the, the way to go. Brendan and I, of course, are both uh, graduates from the University of Texas, so I'm just saying. I don't know. Yeah, just give it a look, see. Just, just keep, keep it, keep it open mind. Rodney Terry seems mind. to be doing a good job down there now. Yes, uh, Rodney Terry was actually one of my assistant coaches when I was at Baylor. Oh, there you go. So we have a good relationship. Excellent. He's, uh, yeah, Rodney Terry is a is a Texas uh, basketball aficionado. He knows everybody. Does he know Jay Powell? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I bet he does. All right, we are going to do a. This is our full court press. So it's a full court press with Coach Johnson. Let's see how he handles the pressure. Uh-oh. Do you I, want the first one? I'll take the first one. NBA or college? Basketball. NBA. NBA. Brendan, for you, uh, you're college for Just sure. so much college. So much college. I think I like the college game better as well. Um, NBA is very exciting. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you asking me which one I like watching, yeah. yes, it's college basketball. Oh, okay. I would think okay. he was asking for a trade. No. He could go oh, straight to the NBA or college. Hey, hey look, 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 look. <laughs> I already know the answers to those <laughs> yes, questions. If Trey wants to answer questions, he can come on the podcast. <laughs> yes, this is about you. Okay, okay. Yes, I, I really do prefer watching college basketball more than NBA basketball. Waco or Wichita Falls? Wichita Falls. Wichita Falls, really? Yeah, yeah, I had a good yeah. feeling about that. What about for you, Brendan? Uh, I'm going to take Wichita Falls also. I've spent zero time in Wichita Falls. I kind of like it. It's a sleepy little charming community. The Deuce, isn't that a bar there? <laughs> Is it? I don't know. Coach? <laughs> I know it's How a do great- I know where all the bars are? <laughs> I know it's a great place to, uh, for retirement. You know, if you get older, you know, great place to retire. Got a lot of nice homes, a lot of land. Good place. I'm Good choosing Waco. Feeling. I'm choosing Waco. My mom lives there. Just so. to be the dissenting vote. Yeah. <laughs> I hate the traffic. All right. How about this one? Jesus Shuttlesworth or Sidney Dean? Jesus Shuttlesworth. I knew that would be the answer. Yeah. Jesus Shuttlesworth. Of course, uh, Ray Allen. Yes, I love Ray In Allen. the movie, which one? He Got Game. He Got, got game. game. Yes. I was yes. forgetting. Sidney Dean, of course, Wesley Snipes and White Man Can't Jump. Brendan, for you? Um, I am also going to take Jesus Shuttlesworth be- because the uh, filmography in that, that movie couldn't have been better. The basketball was so real. I'm taking Sidney Dean. There you go. Dissenting. More vote. dissenting. Um, okay. You have a day alone. You have no basketball for you or any of your kids. You're not coaching. You're not teaching. What are you doing? Um I've been trying to fish a little bit. Uh, my brother is a big fisherman, and he talks a lot about uh, crop, catching crappie fish. So uh, he'll come by my house, and we'll go fishing. I stay right by Lake Ray Hubbard, so we'll go to Lake Ray Hubbard and you know just sit out, listen to uh, listen to music, and you know I still haven't caught a fish yet. I'm still trying to, <laughs> but I, I mean I, I enjoy it. It's nice, laid back, it's just having a good time, enjoying the weather. Crappie, of course, is spelled C-R-A-P-P-Y, and you could not have gotten more laughs out of me when I was like eight years old and I saw a crappy fish, tur- fish tournament down at Cedar Creek Lake. God, it was funny. It still is funny. It still is kind of funny. That's <laughs> true. It's a crappy fishing tournament, isn't it? All right. Last one. Last one of our full court press. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Um, I would say breakfast. Okay. What's your favorite breakfast spot? Um, 
I like IHOP, those pancakes. Um, I mean, my dad used to take me, um, when I was younger on my birthday, he would take me to, to the gym, work out, take me to the track and run, and we would always finish at IHOP. So, a little Rudy yeah. Tootie, fresh and fruity. Yes, yes. That sounds yeah. wonderful. Yes, well, it wasn't the Rudy Tootie. I would get an omelet with the pancakes, but the pancakes are, are the best. There you go. Yes. Brendan, no, breakfast, lunch, no dinner. Uh, I'm going to say that I am a dinner guy i like to have a full belly when i go to bed and <laughs> and, and drift off how about you i'm going with breakfast yeah it uh, is the most important meal of the day i no love question. a breakfast taco um that's nice. like my i think that's my favorite breakfast food is breakfast taco you can't go wrong with it no that's for sure that was the full court press with coach richard johnson the second deuce uh <laughs> i think we're gonna start that uh oh give us the shep story real quick yeah before we get into the preview of the this week's coming up games, um, Shep was on the uh, Above the Rim, the Tupac movie, and Shep was um, Tupac's older brother, and uh, he was an older guy, but um, he would play uh, like in the park at the Rucker Park at those little leagues or whatever on the movie, and so when we were at Brian Adams, I would play against Dominique, you know, and I was like ten years older than those guys at the time, but you know, I was, uh, I mean, I was still in shape, so I was still, you know. Pretty much dominating an open gym or whatever. That's right. Dominating. So the younger guys, so they, they they gave me that name. They just started calling me Shep. And it, I mean, I don't know how many years later, but they're still 15 years later and they're still calling me that. Still doing it. I bet you could still take Dominique to the hole. Uh, yeah, I could probably post him up, but I probably couldn't guard him on the perimeter now. Okay. <laughs> no, he's got the length for sure. All right, let's preview the next two weeks worth of games. Um, interestingly, uh, no game this Friday. Uh, I don't know what that's about. Just a bye week? Is that? Yes, because we have uh, nine teams in the district. So, you know, the other eight teams will be playing. And uh, um, this is our week for the bye. Very nice. Tuesday night, though. Tuesday night is uh, a test again. It's going to be a road game at Jesuit. I'm going to go to that game. Uh, you can get your tickets. I think you have to go to the Jesuit site to get the tickets. They're not on Brushfire. I was informed of that this morning. Okay. Uh, and then. Uh, so no, like I said, no game Friday. Next Tuesday at MacArthur, and then next Friday, uh, kind of the last really big test of the season at Richardson. So February third at Richardson, seven p.m. You can get your tickets on Brushfire for that. Uh, you'll have to wait till a week in advance, but definitely get out to Richardson. What are you guys kind of looking at in the uh, Jesuit and then in the in the Richardson games? Um, there'll be good games. Uh Jesuit has a great coach. He does a good job of, you know, scheming and, you know, just getting his team prepared for us. So we know it's, that's always going to be a challenge. Uh, the Richardson game, you know, that's a rival game. Um, even the first time we played him, it was close at halftime, and we kind of opened it up the second half. So we're looking for kind of the same thing. You know, hopefully we can, you know, set the tempo early and open it up early and just, you know, finish them off. But we know it's going to be a, a good game for us. So, Players got to be locked in, and we got to be prepared and have those guys ready to play. What about um, the visit to Jesuit? Is that a is that a tough place to play? Tough gym? Um, well, since I've been at uh, Lake Highlands, I mean, we've done pretty good. Like uh, we've shot it pretty well in their gym, so I don't look at it as you know a, a tough atmosphere. I know the students are right behind the benches and everything, close right up on the court, but. Our guys seem to block that out and, you know, go take care of business. So I'm not looking for anything extra or anything. 
I've played many a pickup game in the Jesuit gym, <laughs> my friend and current head coach Chris Hill. And that he is the current coach there. That's right. Um, who what was the, what was the outcome last? I mean, I know we, we we won the game, but what was the final on that game? Seventy-two forty-seven, something like that. That's right. Yeah, it felt like it was a little close there at the beginning. It really was it, really close at halftime, and then that fourth quarter, I think that was the game that I said that that's when I kind of noticed you can be up like this team is up six, yeah, and then they're up twenty, and you're like, how did that just happen? It's a kill, right? Three stops in a row. It's yes. a couple of threes. It's a dunk, and all of a sudden the game's out of hand. That's right, uh, and that that is actually what I love about this team. Because you're just like kind of biting your nails a little, and then you're like, oh, okay, good, thank yeah, you. Yeah, but then we're we're also becoming spoiled too, because we expect that that's going to happen at some point <laughs> in the game. We're right. gonna we're gonna see this accordion lead stretch out. Uh, such a fun uh, group of guys to play with, Coach. Are you just having the the best season that you've uh, enjoyed as a coach so far? Yes, this is probably one of my best se- favorite seasons. It's just, I mean, this team is a great team. We're very deep. Um, you know, in any, like in any given night, it could be somebody else's night. And, you know, so teams can't just focus on Trey or Samson or whatever. They got to worry about everybody. And the team does a great job of finding a hot man. So as long as we keep doing that, I mean, we should be in San Antonio in a month or so. And Let's now, hope so because I think my uh, hotel room is non-refundable. <laughs> <laughs> and now that um, – now, see, I lost it because you just threw your hotel joke in there. I love good hotel joke. <laughs> Way to go. Oh, this is a great team. And so now that we're having uh, Coach Richard Johnson II on, uh, everybody out there listening, go to the games. Even if it's MacArthur or whomever, right? It's not always going to be Highland Park, but this is a special, special team. Uh, coaches that are going to listen to this now, Come watch Quentin Perkins play basketball. Give that man a scholarship. That dude can play. Uh, Okay. Thank you very much uh, for being on, Coach Johnson. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Thanks, Coach. Brendan, thank you. Scott, enjoy your basement again. We, of course, want to shout out our Twitter. Uh, We are at Lake Hooplands. Uh, Instagram at Lake Hooplands. And YouTube at Lake Hooplands. We're pretty consistent with our branding, so that's good. Yeah, that is good. That's one thing we've done right. <laughs> Go watch the videos. We, of course, are thankful for our presenting sponsor, Tritex Cabinets. It's www.tritexcabinets.com. And I'll talk about the follow-up and the warranty. You get no warranty after listening to this podcast, unfortunately. <laughs> we warrant nothing. But Tritex Cabinets <laughs> will be there for you long after the installation is complete. They want to make sure that you're completely satisfied. Uh, they offer that follow-up service if, if any problem uh, should arise. They back all of their cabinetry with a full one-year warranty for your protection. But with their their craftsmanship, they don't need it. But they're giving it to you, no matter what. Uh, I mean, they you know it's again quality hardwoods, durable hardware. They they don't think you're going to need that warranty, but they definitely offer it to you. So get well, Trey Chapman. We are going to get out of here, and we will see you next week.